Howdy friends and welcome to the Full Disclosure Farming Podcast. I'm Erica. I'm a business school graduate turned farmer's wife. And I'm Joe. I'm a college dropout with a master's degree from the University of Hard Knocks. Together we run several successful farm and ag businesses. Let's get brutally honest about all the issues facing our generation of farmers and ranchers. party people hello we're back we are done hunting deer for a week uh no i did not kill my any buck still had a great season hunted more than i've ever hunted but just couldn't get the job done weather sucked christmas is coming yep it's christmas time so make sure somewhere between now and december 24th you get your wife and get a christmas present and fill your wife's stocking please psa from all of the women all over the world it's not really that fun to fill your own stocking. The topic today is around opportunity. Opportunity presents itself in a lot of different ways and it can look different for everyone. And at the end of the day, it's what you make of it or with it, but we're gonna address a couple different ways that farm transitions happen, getting into agriculture happens. We kind of split it up into three ways. So the first one, Arguably, maybe the most challenging one is when there isn't really any opportunities around. So your family's not into farming. So like that opportunity to inherit or purchase something from a family member is not there. So you need to create an opportunity for yourself. So what might that look like? I think there's a lot of farmers aging out. I can count a handful of them in this direct area and if you were truly a dedicated human being and you went to that farmer and said, I want to work my way into this, I could count out probably three for sure in the area that would be like, well, yeah, let's I take think this advantage. I think you would be very surprised. At how willing mm-hmm. some of these people are because think of it from the other side of that coin. Mm-hmm. Like they've worked their whole life building a business and investing in their farm and there is no one around that is even interested in they're facing an auction you know they're like i guess i'm gonna sell it because nobody wants to take it over and that's probably a really disheartening place to be well i think that one of them people that offered me a job that was our ultimatum now has a out of the family heir he was man enough to be like i don't know and i need someone and he found someone and and I think they're, that is working very, very generous for yeah. both parties involved. I think if you're trying to create an opportunity to get into egg, you need to work in egg. I mm-hmm. think you might be surprised through just hard work and networking, like what you might stumble upon as two different opportunities to be involved. <clears throat> but I would like to say with that, this, and me and you have talked about it many times, you need to be the most respectful, outgoing person in all situations. We did that farm tour with the, the kids from Letchworth. Yep, we had uh, a class of juniors and seniors. It was an ag-based class, and they came out, kind of got like a mini tour of the farm, and then they wanted to do like a Q&A with us. It was just about us right. and about what we do. And here's what I'm going to tell you, young people. Shake my motherfucking hand and introduce yourself as I am this son of a bitch and you better fucking remember me because someday you're going to know me. Yeah, we are going to do a separate episode 
directed at the young people, but really, I guess anyone could absorb it, of like, this is how you take over the world. Like, these are the, th these are the qualities you need to hone, and nothing will ever stop you. And right. that, that's one of the things that probably stood out to us most after that tour was like, I greeted all the kids. They came off the bus. A lot of them did make eye contact with me. Nobody shook my hand. A couple like grumbly hellos under the breath. And they formed like a little cluster outside of the bus. And then like crickets until the teacher got off and like, them. you know, kind of initiated the thing. And after they left, I said to Joe, I was like, you know, that would not have been a hard group for one or two kids to really stand out in. First of all, because if they asked to come here and then they asked us to allocate time for a Q&A and not like not a single one of those kids had a question. That's the forcible. They were forced. They were to forced. Ask you like questions. how does that fucking happen? Like mm -hmm. you can't tell me first of all you knew you were coming here and if nothing else to impress your teacher, don't you think you should have had something in your pocket mm -hmm. to ask? But like even just come out, shake my hand, hi, I'm Chris, you know, whatever. Like, at the end of that, you know, when they left and him and I were chatting over dinner, Chris would have came up. Mm -hmm. And no one else. Mm -hmm. But instead, no, no one, one came up. So, and I will tell you that, and I mean, you know this, knowing me and being my wife. Like, when I go somewhere, you're going to know who the fuck I am. Like, I make it a point to be... The guy that talks to everybody, laughs with everybody, I'm su super social, and, like, I make it a point to seek out a person. When I walk into a room and I see people, I feel like I seek out, like, the most important person, and I go there, and I make myself known. Sure, and, like, people can't know who you are if you don't introduce right. yourself. Like, it's, that's, this is, like, kindergarten shit. Like, you just mm -hmm. have to say your name, that's it. Like, and that's a huge step in the right direction. So, like, when we say to create an opportunity, like, you need to be involved in ag, like, you can't be a bump on a log. Don't be just, like, a random equipment operator who's always playing on his phone, like, shows up late. You know, like, mm -hmm. there are standards to this. Like, you need to be, like, cream of the crop, top of the class, attentive, like, pays attention, best interests in mind, like, respectful human I do but think you'd be surprised. To put that in and take that away all at the same time, for me, one of my biggest attributes and one of my biggest qualities is you know exactly who the fuck I am. My TikTok shows that. Right, consistency and personality. My, but not even, I, there's zero consistency in my personality. I'm no, fucking No, you're you all the time. You're I am consistently, I am consistently me. That's like, what I'm saying. You're consistent. Right, sure. Like, like, I am, I will say exactly what I am thinking for the moment, and I don't care if it's about farming, if it's about pussy, if it's about liberals, if it's about gay marriage, it's about anything, schools, anything, president, elections, whatever, you're going to know exactly what my fucking opinion is the minute you get to know me. And that comes back to the word, like, authentic. Yeah. Like, whoever you are, be whoever you choose to be, just be it. Yeah. Be yeah. it consistently, be it proudly, and just, like... And I think very much so, in that respect, there is a spot in the world for everyone. You know, uh, one thing that um, Catherine, my counselor, and I have always talked about is there is a place for everyone. There's leaders, there's followers, there's, you know, there's journey, or there's 
I don't know all the terms, but there's there's laborers and then there's this and then there's this. And everybody, if you figure out who the fuck you are, be that person and go on with it. So that, we're rambling. So that goes on with our point. Through all of my TikToks, your TikToks, we've talked about finances and farming and money and struggles. Well, I just had a conversation with a buddy on the phone when I was grinding stocks. He was combining and... And here was the difference between the two of us. We had to pay for the whole farm a lot. Okay, a lot of fucking money. And um, his dad had to pay for the farm. And then his dad was like, I had to pay for the farm. And it fucking crippled me for 15 years. And I want to pass this on to you guys. And I want you guys to be able to flourish and I don't want to cripple you. Yeah, so his dad distinctly said, I don't want to put you in a strap situation like I was put in. Mm-hmm. So they worked out a different agreement for as far as like a succession plan of the farm. So this man, and I won't mention names again, but he said to me, he's like, a lot of people are like, everything got given to me, you know, like whatever. And I just said to him, I said, I am so thankful that your dad saw that light and was like, I want to give my kids the best opportunity. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. That's awesome. And what I love about this family, they have four children, they do maple syrup, they do all the things, but what I like love about them is that he gets up every morning and works as if he's got a mortgage to pay. Right. You know, like, he doesn't just be like, fuck it, man. I'm going to ride the easy ride. Right, and, and he you know, doesn't, and, like, approach it like he knows it's his either way. Right. So he's he, just going to fuck they, off. They work, and, and we have different ideals on certain shit, but he gets up every day, him and his wife, and they fucking work. So if you're going to be that person that gets it given to you, work for it. Just Make it better, you know, harness those opportunities. And, you know, me and him were talking about all the fucking bullshit this fall with drying grain and whatever. And he's like, I want to buy a grain drying system and whatever. And I'm like, I can't pay for it because I have a fucking $70,000 a year fucking mortgage payment. I can't, I can't do it. You can, but I, but I cannot. Right. That's the difference. That was the example that like we had discussed was. They, at the end of their year, if they have, you know, I don't want to say profit, but their extra money, they're able to make moves with it, invest it, like buy this, buy that. And whereas when we get to the end of the year, like we better fucking have 70 some thousand dollars waiting to go to our mortgage payment. So the odds of us having extra money above and beyond that is like so low. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we make a lot of pretty fucking viable moves for this farm. I mean, retail and beef, retail and maple syrup. I mean, they're big, viable moves. They're big, big moves. And we still come to the end of the year like, <laughs> yeah, we'll make her another one. You know, and and then it becomes the, is the juice worth the squeeze type thing? Like, yeah. our, what are we, the fuck are we doing here, you know? But... I, I think we're moving in the right direction. I don't just I don't think we're not. I just if we if we didn't think we were, we wouldn't do it. Us you know? personally, yeah, yeah. So we're an example of uh, number two, I guess, of this list is where the opportunity exists, but you have to still 
prove yourself, earn it, work for it, you know, Fight for whatever. It. Because yes, this, you're gonna lose sleep over this it. This family farm existed before us. Granted, it was dairy farm, and you know, it, the it looked completely different. The landscape looked completely different, mm -hmm. but there was. At least, if nothing else, the land was here, and mm -hmm. like the barns were here. So we proved ourselves, earned it, bought it, fought for it, and then we did obviously a huge facelift and changed a ton of things. But that initial opportunity existed for us through your family, mm -hmm. the family farm. Mm -hmm. So I want to ex explain the opportunity. I quit college in 2008 and I started working here, and I worked here for goddamn near nothing. For all the way up until we bought the fucking place, okay? And when I say goddamn near nothing, I, it was $900 a month, a month, and the mortgage I took out on to remodel the home that we are sitting in making this podcast. That you didn't own. That, that I didn't own was $700 a month. Okay, so I lived off of $200 a fucking month, okay? Now we know why you kept your truck for 12 years. 13, but yeah. whatever, Okay. And the reason I could live is because the one thing I got from this farm was free fuel. I took the fuel. And, you know, whatever. But my point is, is that I worked all those years. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm one of the hardest working people that I know. And I will tell you that if I went to any other farm and I went and got a job, I'm worth $100,000 to $150,000 a year. And I've been offered that, so I know that. Okay? But my point is, is that... For 10 years, I lost out on that income. Yep. And so call it a million dollars. So I did this as a sweat equity situation. And then when it came right down to buying the fucking place, there was no sweat equity. There was no million dollar to discount. Be, there was no million dollar discount. Okay. So my point with that is, is that it was an opportunity, but... It was a at at a cost. Yeah, opportunity it wasn't at a like cost. On a shiny platter, right? Like just all you have to do is reach out and grab so, it. So, and I was promised a lot of things the day I came home from the college. Right. So, well, but I don't. At, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to keep going into that, but I just I wanted to like. Yeah, there is thing. a like an internet quote. I don't, I guess, know really the source, but it's something along the lines of like opportunity. A lot of time is looks like hard work. Mm. Have you heard it or you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So there's... I scroll by it and don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's that. So then version number three of opportunity is where something lands in your lap or it's given to you. And, like, that's not... Like, we're not being hateful on that. Like, that does happen. Mm -hmm. I guess the only, like, comments I'll say is that those are the ones that are sometimes the most at risk to fail. Well, and I mean, how many times have you heard the first generation builds it, the second generation runs it, and the third generation ruins it? And, I mean, you've heard that a lot. And I think in a few certain times, the third generation makes it a corporation. Right. And, and I mean, we've seen that. We've seen the third generation walk in and fucking push the shit out or of it. Or even more generations. We just had yeah. in our county a century farm ah. sold out to a ag conglomerate. Or yeah, whatever I mean, you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, up happens. until up until a month ago, they were like, "We're fourth generation dairy farm, and we're this and we're that." And then, oh, guess what? There was no one to take it over. Nobody. Yeah, it's it. all done. So. 
I mean, this goes back to our last conversation of what are you working for? And I feel like I maybe now have, like, really learned this. Like, I'm going to farm for Joe. Joe's happiness. And Eric, obviously, Erica's happiness. And uh, JJ. But, like, we're not going to do the, I got to get this, oh, my God, I got to get this farm ready for JJ to take over. Like, fuck that. I'm going to get this farm ready for me to have fun farming. Right. So, that's that deal. Yeah, there's no hate on the ones, you know, yeah, given mean, to you. Like, that's good for you. I hope that you take full advantage that opportunity. of that situation and absolutely make the best of it. Like, mm-hmm. that's... But, you know, I mean, like, our biggest problem here is we don't have, as, like, a dairy farmer, we don't have a monthly income. Nothing. And, yeah, it's not, like, steady. There's you know, no. this, you know, you guys have this monthly income of whatever thousand dollars a month and you can skim here and skim there and do whatever you got to do we don't have that like it all comes in and then we have to be poor for 10 months right yes we'll so i did a, banking and farming right so i did a uh tiktok about working with fsa um and it went pretty viral yeah. i would say um and i got a little nervous and I, it, it came down yeah because we, really we um I said her name and, and whatever. But anyways, what I'm saying is what I know about the communal bank thing is this. So two years ago, a farm was sold and it had land and maple trees. And five farms were aggressively bidding on this this farm that was for sale. And all five of those farms had the same fucking banker. Red flag. And... So our bank, um, I will tag this man because I'm telling you right now, this man is... I actually have him listed to come on as a guest. Oh my God, that would be wonderful. Yeah. So his name is Patrick Hamilton and he is from First Financial Bank and... He lives in North Carolina. He lives in North Carolina. They have offices all over. I am telling you... They have a huge farm and ranch division. This huge farm and ranch, ranch division. He has farms in Arizona and I'm telling you right now, the this man is the coolest man. He got the job done for Joe and Erica. Twice, ultimately. Twice, this, yeah. This farm. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, this man made our lives what it possible, is possible. Yeah. So, so when we bought the farm, it was it was a million two hundred thousand dollars. Was the loan that we took? Was out. the loan that we took out, and we have nothing to hide. That's why we full disclosure farming. Um, and we got that loan done because of Pat, and because Pat trusted us. We had a working relationship with yeah, him for years but I, beforehand. Yeah, I think that we, he, he looked at Joe and Erica and he said, well. Yeah, but it, like he, we're not strangers off the street to him. Right, like, sure. He had but, saw but, us in action first. Yeah, and, and he, he said, he's like, well, we'll do what we got to do. And he called me one morning and he goes, Joe, I can't believe it, but we got it done. He goes, we got you a loan, no FSA and guarantee. And commercial loan. And commercial no loan, guarantee. no FSA guarantee. And we were at what four point two five percent interest. I think that or four point four five maybe. Whatever. Yeah. Now it's thirteen. No, it's locked. No, but I'm saying like oh, now yeah. if you were to go get that loan, it would be fucking thirteen percent. You couldn't do it. And so this man, this this Patrick Hamilton, and I'm telling you, this man, I give this fucker a hug. Like he is, <laughs> He's the best. he is the best. And I call him up. 
He sends me funny um, memes of Joe Biden and and <laughs> cum dumpster. Like he just sends me all these funny memes. Like he just he's just such a wonderful human being. But he trusted us. And what I will say about that, it which starts back at the first, is I let Patrick Hamilton know who I was from day one. From day one, and then I I showed Patrick Hamilton how in love I was with my wife. And then my wife showed him who she was. We showed our, we opened Best our books yeah. and said, this is who we are. And, and, and a man who is a CEO in a major bank was like, I fucking trust these people. And he said, when the underwriter of the bank called him and said, like, this one comes down to... A like flip of a coin, a or, flip something. Of a coin or like you're... If it's close, it's in. If you, know? It, you know, and Patrick's, you know, he's like, I trust them. Like, I trust these two people. Like, they are, they are salt of the this earth. This is a good gamble. There's, yeah. there, this, is, this is the best gamble you can gamble when it comes to, to two young humans. And, I mean, we were young, really. I mean, 30, yeah. 30. at the time, yeah. 30, right? And taking over the farm at 30 and fighting for it. When I showed him my colors and then I showed him my love for you and you showed him your colors, it was like he couldn't say anything but, holy fuck, these two have it like they're going to knock the fucking thing out of the park. And, you know, and we've paid mortgages ahead of time and we've done everything for, for him and, and he's done everything for us. Yeah. I just, I really want to reiterate that you young people, anybody that's listening to this fucking podcast, if you say something, you do it. Oh, God, that's my biggest fucking pet peeve. Fucking A, man. If you tell me you're going to do something, you get your fucking ass out there and you better go fucking do it right fucking now. Otherwise, don't even bother. And I don't care if it kills you, you motherfucker. Like, do it. Like, that's... I agree. That's where I've, like... Like, if you're going to fucking tell me you're going to go out and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, you go fucking do it and you shut the fuck up and I don't care if you got to do it with a headlight on, you do it. And then, it's like... When I get a call and say, hey, is that person, is that person worth a fuck? And I'm like, dude, Hell dude yeah. fucking was worth a fuck. You know, like, I got two, Hunter and Patrick, right? Yep. Well, Tiller the same. Yeah, he's um, just not here as much. He's just not here as much because he has, uh, like, a different job that's, you know, Hunter, Patrick, Tiller, who else is in our wheelhouse? Benny and Dale. Benny, Dale, Coco. Yeah. Like, if I call these motherfuckers and I'm like... And they're like, yeah, no, I got it. Like, or, you know, Patrick, Hunter. Hunter is like, you know, that fucking little dick bag. I love you, Hunter. But, like, he'll fucking, Hunter or Patrick, like, they'll come and be like, yeah, no, whenever. And I, like, feel bad. Like, it's, guys, it's like 11 o'clock midnight. Like, no, let's, no, we'll let's do it get, now. No, like, let's do it right now. And, you know, and Hunter will be like, let's go fucking hook that mixer track. You know, and, like, you have to, uh, you have to just. If you say you're going to do it, you fucking do it. Yeah, that's like OG Sherwin-Williams shit, actually. Like, that's one of their biggest, like, oh. mottos is do what you say you will do. Yeah! That's it. That's, like, one of their biggest, like, pillars, and it has stuck with me forever. Mm. Like, don't verbally commit to doing something if you're just going to fucking flake on it. Like, that is so annoying. I hate it. Like, you have to just... If you say, oh, I got busy, I don't want to hear you got no. busy. If no. you say yeah. you're going to do it... You've committed to it, and you don't have to change your mind. Yep. I agree. Honestly, though, from experience on his side, not so much me, that was before my time, you don't need FSA. Oh, no. 
You really don't. It can be done without. So, so all right. Let's have this little conversation. So, the greatest farmer in western New York, and I will fucking argue this to the end of the world. I don't think you need to, but go ahead. I think most people would agree. Can I say his name? Sure. Okay. So, it's Colin Broughton. Um, he is... He is the fucking greatest farmer that the I've goat? ever farmed. He is the goat. Okay. He's 80 fucking something. I don't know. Old. And um, I'll, I want to tell a little story here. My good. Yeah. All right. So first time I met Callan Broughton, I was going over to, I was poor. We were poor. Always poor. Uh, we are going over and I heard that he had a telehandler for sale. And I walked over, I went over there. I looked at this telehandler. This thing was fucking dairy farm raped. Like I'm telling you, like. They were fucking proud of how this bitch got raped over. Like, it was bad news bears. So, I walked up to him, and, and so I'm a 5'10 guy, and Colin is 4'9. <laughs> yeah, he's 5'0. He's fucking short. And, and also, I, like, really gruff. Really gruff. Really. Really gruff. Uh, yeah. What's the opposite of long-winded? Like, his words are few and far yeah, between. Yeah, yeah, he says what he says, right and that's point, it. Yeah. But, like, not so, bubbly or anything like that. So I think probably at that time in my life, I may have been 19 years old, and I walked up to him and I said, Hi, I'm Joe Seiler. Are you Colin? And he looked right... Looked, look, he looked up at me into my soul and said, That's what my fucking shirt says, doesn't it? <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, you could have... Lit me on fire, and I crumbled like a genie in a fuck. Like holy fuck! And uh, I said, and at that point, I mean, I pissed my pants. I mean, right, you were so young. And uh, I'm like, well, I'm here to here to maybe talk to you about retaliation. He's like, get that fucking piece of shit out of there. We'll talk about it later. And I'm like. Oh my god. So I literally went and started this telehandler and drove this fucking thing. The boom was busted off. It was fucked. Drove it home. Just wondered when I would ever hear from hear from him. He calls me. Well, actually, Mark Eichler gave him my number. Mm. Rest in peace, Mark. And he's like, hey, Joe, you got any fucking corn over there? And I'm like, yeah, no, we got some corn. He goes, well, I guess I'll just take that and trade for that telehandler. And I'm like, so, like, how much corn? And, like, it was so up, so fucked. It was such a fucked deal. So, but I heard one thing about Colin was if you you tell that man you're going to do something, you do it. Colin showed up maybe a half an hour later in my fucking driveway in his little pickup. And we made a deal. And I have done business with that man almost every, every year, year since. And so one day I stopped in there when we were in the midst of buying this fucking farm. This is what the whole story got to. And I said to him, I said, Colin, I need some fucking advice. And he goes, well, what? You know, all pissy like. And he's like, I said, they want me to get an FSA guarantee. And he goes, you tell that bank to go fuck themselves. Just like that. And he goes, they'll fucking... He goes, so what's your debt to equity? And he... I mean, the man knew... He knew the threshold of where you He knew just it. what... And I told him where we were at. And he's like, you tell them to go fuck themselves. And he goes, they'll finance you. We did. Sure I shit. mean, we did. And I mean, Colin held that fucking ticket. And he was like, you can do this. You're going to be fine. And you know what? You stop there at 5, 6 o'clock at night. And Colin will be sitting outside the shop door on the toolbox. Smoking a fucking cigarette, drinking a beer, and you can learn a wealth of information from a man 
who is a man among boys. I mean, that man gives me chills to fucking go talk to him. Just one of them super cool. Yeah, but you have to be a person to talk to him. Right. You can't He's not just be talk. a fuckhead. He won't talk to just anybody. Yeah. But if you can, like, once you relate to him, like, you guys, I would call you guys, like, friends or buddies. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, a cool old guy that you could learn so much from. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, they started at 50 cows, and he's milking, I don't know, three, 4,000, yeah. you know? And, I mean, you know, you call him up, Colin, how are you? Not worth a fuck! You know what I mean? He just... But I'll tell you what, there is one human being in the world that I have all the ultimate beyond respect for and it is that man what i wanted to get at is 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 one of the biggest things in this is is you need to show yourself and the people who are attracted to you will be your allies right real will find real right and and you don't have to be like me you don't have to be like eric i mean me and eric are totally different people right you need to be you but just be it don't ever be fake yeah if you're fake, you're going to end up in a relationship with someone you don't fucking want to be. Right. Because it was somebody you did not need to be involved with. For sure. So, right. that's it. So, next is the Dickhead Daily segment, which Ooh. nobody wants to participate in, which honestly makes me mad. Like, where are you people? I know you're all fucking living in misery with us, and ain't nobody want to share no deets, and that's upsetting. Deets. We're here to share the misery, so shoot us a message if you want to do the Dickhead Daily thing. We'd appreciate it. And so then we move to this or that, get to know us segment. Brand name or generic? In what respect? I don't know. Answer the question. Oh, I am a brand name person. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. What was the first thing that came to mind when I said that? Like, were you thinking clothes? Were you thinking... What were you thinking? Girl. Oh, I was thinking cereal. (laughs) See? Be your person. (laughs) Uh, but seriously, have you eaten off-brand cereal? Some of that shit tastes like cardboard. I don't eat cereal because cereal is a fucked way to start your morning. Oh. I love cereal. For me, it was the Crown or Is that. there off-brand Crown? Yeah, it was that whatever. You mean just cheap whiskey? No, Rathbone. Oh. What was it? Not Pendleton. Pendleton. It was Pendleton? Yeah, it was Pendleton. It's not. Pendleton's not that not whiskey. good. It's, it's, it's just shit, dirt. It's poopy dirt in a bottle. <laughs> It's not fucking Crown, okay? I thought like, it was a different... I thought it was No, it's fucking Pendleton. Oh, and it was like... Listen, I could get smoked out of my brain drunk and get up the next morning ready to start the world on fire if, you if drink I Crown. drink Crown. If I fucking drink Pendleton or Jack or Jim Beam or any of that other dirt Nob whiskey... Creek or yeah, any of that dirt whiskey, you, then the next yeah. morning I feel like a fucking sack of assholes. Yeah, I think oh, there's a lot of things but I mean, that are worth paying for a brand name for. But uh, honestly, there's a ton of things that the generic's the same. Yeah, but it still doesn't pay the same. Chevy, High Country, Ski-Doo, Honda. What else you want to talk about? I mean, all that shit. You bought cheap little speaker things from <laughs> fucking they broke. Chinese and they broke. Yeah. You got Chinese Well, I think we're, are, we've s- suddenly circled back to... It's expensive to be cheap, I yeah, guess. Yeah. With the brand same, name but thing. Here you're arguing it again. I don't know. I guess I'm just stuck on the cereal thing. Yeah, cereal's shit. <laughs> All cereal. Po- poopy shit. You know what's actual shit? shit? What? Off brand water. Dude, where the fuck do you people drink Tops water? Dude, it tastes. And think that shit's horrible. okay. Yeah, you need to drink some real good water. So that is all. It is all. We will 
see you on the other side of the holidays. We're going to launch into 2024 with some guest interviews and stuff. And then we'll circle back to some general topics after that. So hit us up with your suggestions. We always love your feedback. Anywhere you get your podcasts, you can listen and tell a friend. Peace out, Cub Scout.